my spidey senses tingling. Hello. Hello. Evening, Slim. Welcome back to the Paper Keg. World show. Really big show. Welcome back, Paper Keg Podcast, uh, where we talk about industry news. It's one of the things, yeah. Um, what we're reading. Yeah, that too. Uh, that's on the list. Uh, we have a book club this week. 100 Bullets. Every week is a book club, though. Volume 1. And, and we read your letters to close out the show. Letters at paperkeg.com. Got a great sounder. I letters. think we do. I forgot yeah. about it. It's been so long since we did the show. Yeah, two weeks. Um, yeah. Turn just let it ride. Just let it ride. Whatever comes natural. Big show, uh, you know, with us every week. Um, writer. Extraordinaire. <laughs> Theme song master. Uh, for sure. Brought Jonesy, back. Jonesy welcome back, back to Thank the show. You. Thank you. I'm not a writer, but I'm not right about anything. Except for theme songs. Always get them. Flash theme song, me. DC historian slash angry black man. What up? Your words, not mine. Hey. It apparently sticks. It does stick. All right, all right. Just calm down over there. It's enough. I'm going back to the podcast. Nice guy. He's getting rowdy right now. Jeez, Louise. Um, Farrington says his name. We got a lot of emails (laughs) about one particular host. Um, flies by the seat of his pants. I cannot filter when I'm live on the air. I apologize. He's been called internet celebrity. He's been called a podcast bad boy. Dale, thanks for coming back. It's good to be here. Good to be here, guys. Good to be in uh, Paper Keg West. What is this? For now, it is Paper Keg North. Okay, for now. Who knows? Well, who knows what'll happen? You know. Um, we we went to Philadelphia Comic Con this weekend. Oh boy, did we! First ever time we decided to you know shell out the cash for a table to get down with the people. Takes a little money to make some money, you know. That's so. right. That's right. We're all about you know making just straight up dollar bills. Oh man, that's all. That's what we're all we're trying about. to make, we make it that rain. Paper. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so we got a table at Philadelphia Con, you know, at the Ramada. The Ramada loves us. They welcomed us back for next time. Oh yeah. Um, anytime we're welcome on them. That's what they said. That's what the sign. That's signage what someone said. told me. I don't know if they worked yeah, we, there. We had a, a oh, also yeah. a special deal. I'll jump in as the businessman of the group. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Podcast businessman. Business right. Gave my own my own. Is the numbers there. guy? He is working. Uh, on. If you're interested in coming back to uh, Philly Comic Con. Jonesy love Beerstein in September. Uh, mention our name, get one dollar off admission. That's not official yet. It is totally official. Is it, you you it emailed is. him and you confirmed. We spat in each other's palms and did a big handshake <laughs> oh, at the end of the day. You can't get much more official than that, folks. We might be at the next one. That's correct. I can I can at least confirm we have thought about it. That's true. We gave out stickers. Uh, I got we, some free stuff. Well, it's uh, let's talk surprising. about. Hang on, let's talk about the free stuff you got. Oh, I bought you a flash figurine. Thank you and for that, by the way. Somehow ended up paying you three dollars for it. You're a good friend. 
Guess what? What? You've been ferreting. What? DC Comics, bitch. What? What? And then he hit me. That's true. He not only did you buy Mark uh, some kind of maybe rare figurine. Yellow um, Flash. Yellow Flash, as he's called. I'd never heard of that. Reverse so, Flash, but let it go. It was a not good only gift. that, but then Mark asked you for three dollars when he obviously had cash in his wallet, and <laughs> you just asked, gave it to him. Demanded. Let me hold three. What? <laughs> what does that even mean? We said. Let me be the black guy on the show. All right. We saw both of you. We saw a lot of people. Uh, at the convention, it was uh, it was a good time. Um, mm-hmm. We went, we saw, uh, we did not conquer. What's our first show? It you know was, I mean? you know, it was. Um, we've been to a lot of conventions. I personally have never been to a convention like this. Right. Um, from just my own non-scientific uh, polling, I would say nine out of ten people there did not have internet access at, at their household. They frequent the public library for any sort of... Or the the local BK. You know, they give free oh, yeah. internet. Yeah, it was a, a lot of that. Uh, they wore it like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. Um, you 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 were clearly uh, frazzled. You know, Dale uh, Dale's just a wordsmith. You know, he's, very, he's a social butterfly like myself. Mm. And all of us here, let's be honest. Uh, you know, Dale's interacting with people. Um, no one really cared. About what Dale had to say. Yeah, should, the day. We, should we do a, a reenactment? I'll play the part of Dale. <laughs> yeah, right. let's do that. For Dale, the, for the Dale, you be you play the part of every female that wandered by our table. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, excuse me. Um, you like podcasts? No. Want to <laughs> it was walk a, away? These are footsteps walking I away. I noticed some several instances that were very inappropriate. And I would, I'd officially like to wash my hands clean of those incidents. Look, um, based you didn't on who see anything, who was interacting? Was this Dale with women that you saw? Was oh my god! Men? I saw Dale interacting with men. Uh, you know, I, I, let's just jump over the bad stuff. We had a great time. We we met uh, up with some great people from Dale's shout out list. Dale's local shop, right? Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, the comic book shop, Wilmington, Delaware. Mm-hmm. Official sponsor of the show. Ooh. We can officially announce it right we, now. Wow, we great. just jump right into Absolutely. that. Official, great folks. Yeah. Uh, we threw back a few with them afterward. Yeah, we did. Went to the Ramada Lounge. What? Yeah, we talked uh, inside dish about the DC Road Show. Oh, man. It was they nice. were there. They let Farrington bitch for about two hours about yeah. his thought on the DC remix. But they were all interested. He was. I were. think I saw him reading from his diary at one point, just <laughs> to yeah. them. It was, it was questionable. But, you know, I was having a great time. We saw Beth Corto, super oh. fan. She was, nice. she was she was there. She showed up. That yeah. was amazing. We I've, did get some visits from some faithful listeners. Mm-hmm. The Edge. Nick Nick Edge was there. We Absolutely. Ab- we appointed uh Don Garvey official intern of Paper Cat. Yeah. We just did that title. It was uh yeah, it was epic. You know, he's happy about it. We're all happy about it. It's a huge step for us. It uh, it was a huge step. Um I think we none of us went into it with any expectations so uh it gives us uh something to look forward to to the future yeah, i mean we we raised the bar we're going to we're going to start a grassroots campaign at this grassroots uh convention to uh you know get people involved in absolutely if anything we worked out a pretty good bar schedule the entire time we were there <laughs> got to yeah. give it to the old old man uh, with the uh, samuel clemens mustache and the uh, bartending oh my my god he was rick he rick. he yeah. might be dead now he, he, that we worked him to the bone. Oh, he's overworked for sure. You there guys were five. want two beers? 
There were five people in that bar, and he was bartending. He was busting dishes. He was cooking. He did it all. He was busting dishes. Busting them over. I was going to say busting suds, but I didn't think you knew what yeah, that meant. That's too. You're much killing slime. it right now. Does Absolutely anyone have any uh, closing thoughts on the on the con uh, before we go I, into the? I news? do have a shout out list, Slim. Yeah. Okay. People who uh, stopped by and saw us and right, you wrote their names down. I did. Uh, I did. Little inside note: Jonesy actually forgot the list. Right. But he took a picture but, of the list that day. Miracles of modern technology. CSI type stuff there. All right. All right. First, Art Andrews. Yes, I remember Art. Self-proclaimed casual fan. Our first first successful chat of the day. You worked on him for about a good 10 minutes. Oh, my God. I had finally. There were promises made. Believe me. It was was pretty epic because he knew what a podcast was. So it just made us bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for the rest of the day. Mm Mm-hmm. Loved we were it. sadly mistaken. Okay. Now, after art, we have uh, Charlie underscore A. Charlie Andaloro. Andaloro. Nice guy. Friend of the show. Had his t-shirt tucked into his shorts. I like that style. Mm. Think about think about bringing it back myself. Show photographer. He whipped out some, his... There's some very nice shots of mm. the, the four of us with the paper kev Lego in there. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to see Stay those. Stay tuned to the internet for those. Very professional looking camera. Slim. Uh, you have an eye for that sort of thing. I don't know <clears throat> what it was, but... I think it was some kind of Canon uh, camera, perhaps. There you go. Some kind of Canon. Sounds, can- sounds it expensive. It was a Canon, all right. Thanks, Slim. Really big lens. Matt underscore a... Son a- of Charles. Antelorian. Matt Antelorian. <laughs> Show QR code coordinator. Oh. My yeah. my boner of the day yeah. right there. I don't know what a QR code is, but we have two of them. Apparently. That was one of the oddest moments that I've ever witnessed where we showed Jonesy a QR code and he <laughs> it's almost just like we were speaking Greek to <laughs> him. Oh, his face was he thought blank. it was like an inking error on the stickers. <laughs> he just didn't want to tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I immediately became my father in that moment. <laughs> All right. Next and last shout out of the day, our new friend of the show, Shenkar. Hmm. Yeah. We uh, we said you know do you want to do you want a shout out? He's like no I want to quote quote me. There you go. And I am right here. I hate soups. I would rather have a forced enema than read any title with Superman in it. Oh my god, that blasphemy! If we remember back to that day, that was the moment where Mark's heart broke. Yeah, betrayed on multiple levels. It was infuriating. <laughs> he took a walk after that. Yeah, I don't know. We didn't see him for quite some time. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, let's let's move into the news. Thank, first, thanks for so, everyone yeah. for coming out. Thank you. It was yeah. a great show. Uh, absolutely. we got to move on now. It was an epic day. You know, we're running out of time. Absolutely. We're running over right now. Um, we got a lot of news to hit. A lot of news. Hit it right now. Why are we news. waiting? Mark, do you want to talk about the big bat solicits that came out today? DC just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> for those who are wondering why my co-hosts are laughing... The news was so big that I didn't know where to start. It's going to be a big Batman news segment. We're going to get into the year one trailer, a hot topic. Hot. Hot on the internet. Hot. The new solicits for Batman in October have dropped. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest news bits that we've gotten so far from the Bat world that is new and apparently different is that Paul Levitz. Levitz? Levitz? Yes, he's got a mustache. You'll love it at Levitz. You know, women readers hate him. (laughs) I know that much. 
Paul Levitt is going to be writing a Huntress miniseries, so we've got confirmation that Helena Bertinelli is back. I was a Huntress fan. You know, I used to, my brother had old Huntress issues. Those were one of the very first comics I ever read were Huntress ones where, you know, she was like undressing out of her costume and she was like dating Batman and like blew my mind at the time. She was a tease. I was a youth. She had the crossbow. Just blew my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Greg Hurwitz, novelist, is writing a Penguin Pain and Prejudice. Pass. Yeah. Skip I it. it. Why would, that's a lot of pieces. Why would anyone want to buy a Penguin miniseries? That just it doesn't make any sense to me. You know what? Even I can't sell it. Wow. Even I can't sell you it. Give up. Heard it here, fo- <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here Podcast first. Podcast bad boys. You know, the, the, the things that <laughs> I so bad can't talk. took out of the solicits, you know, for the number twos were I really disliked the Greg Capullo cover for Batman number two. Really disliked it. We've got... We don't have confirmation that these are the final covers. Oh. Thanks well, why to our- bother put them out? Come yeah, on. Really. Yeah, why would you solicit them? Gonna be, not gonna thanks use. to the nice people who are now sponsoring our podcast who gave us the inside of the DC Roadshow. Right. Over at the comic shop down in Patrick Delaware. and Sarah Titus. Shout mm-hmm. out. Nice yeah. shout out. Absolutely. Apparently, DC has told retailers that these are not the final solicits. Or, no, excuse me. These are not the final covers. And that, Fool interestingly you. enough. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Interestingly enough, apparently every creative team in D.C. has at least three issues in the bag working on the fourth one. So, Can we talk about the other tidbit that they told us? Fire away. Uh, I have not yet read this on the internets, but they said that they have a, a plan B team, creative team, waiting in the wings to swoop in with stories mm. if these guys run late on any title. Beautiful. What? It, re- it blew my mind. That would be the first time in comics that they could deliver... An on-time schedule. Oh, man. Maybe the first time. Can you imagine how bad these these B-teams are on some of these titles? Some of these books, like, ugh, get uh, out of here. I don't want to yeah. break it, but Brad and I are B-team on Batman and Robin. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's more like A-team. The, uh, what else? Uh, the, yeah, the, the sad part about that Capullo cover is that the Tony Daniel cover was, like, way better. Tony yeah. Daniel's Detective Comics number two. If, if he had that kind of level of detail in, inside the issue uh, for his stuff, as he does on covers... You know, he's in the bat cockpit, the 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 bat wing, whatever. Cockpit. Uh, that's inappropriate. <laughs> I have to cut that out. Um, I don't know. We'll see. It's just it's weird. We're getting solicits for the second issue, and the first one's haven't even dropped yet. That's that's so, life, I guess. That's life. That's the diamond distributing previews know, and all that. You know? Yeah, it is. Talking all that jazz. Um, year one trailer. Loved it. Came out. You know, we were all jacked. Haven't seen it. Okay. Apparently you haven't seen read my week, article guys. either. I did read your article. Thank you. <laughs> Show prep Mark Farrington right here, folks. Um, you know, the, the 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 video is out. We're all been waiting to see what it looks like, if it was going to be similar to the David Mazzucchelli art. Okay. Wow. As his friends call him. Words, word linguist. Um, you know, his art is very clean. You know, not a lot of dark, you know, like uh, dark inks all over the body. Very pure mm. style. Jones, your thoughts on the uh, trailer? I thought uh, not only was it faithful to the art, it seems like um, almost they were listening to the fans on this one. They included all of those memorable moments that you couldn't imagine year one without. For instance, uh, they start out with the escape, Batman's escape from the abandoned building, my favorite sequence of uh, year one. Someone's in the gym suit. 
or was no, it no, that's scene? that's that's uh, issue three when he's mm-hmm. in the building mm-hmm. and he's injured and he escapes. Uh, then they go into the uh, the uh, they cut immediately into that that scene where he's in the gray jumpsuit and he's like putting his fist through a, a tree and then some kind of brick apparatus, mm-hmm. amazing stuff. And then it ends with the best scene in comics, Whoa. where he comes wow. to that wow. smoking hole in the wall of the mayor's mansion. So she says, you don't remember that? What's the line where he says, gentlemen, right, like, you've eaten well? Something you've eaten long and well. Uh-huh. My thoughts on the trailer, not good. Why is that? Not Blew it up. He just looked good. at me with the biggest S-eating grin. He's been saving that up. Seen. I have. I have been saving it up. Uh, you know, this is, I love the Mazzucchelli on year one, you know, uh, but the art is just way too clean in this movie. You know, it almost looks anime-ish. You know, I don't care what you say, but they're trying to capture. Disagree. Uh, you, you had your time, friend. <laughs> you had it. It's true. My time. Uh, it looks just too anim- anime-ish for me. What do you got against anime? It's trash. Boom. All right. Good enough. <laughs> Good defense of anime. <laughs> okay, um, but I don't like it you know, that much. They could, they could, uh, you know, they they could be as faithful as all Get Out, you know, with right. this stuff. But uh, the art just doesn't do anything for me, Jonesy. Doesn't do anything. It reminded me one of the minute. Uh, we saw one minute of a feature length movie. How could you say that, Bruce Tim? What has happened? First impressions. Listen, what has happened listen, to you, Bruce Tim? I don't Tim? care. You don't put Tim in the same league as Frank Miller. Tim can do no wrong. <laughs> I will, I will walk off this show, off the set. You won't right be alone. Now. Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, all day. Yeah, don't even. Someone dropped the ball somewhere. Those are the yeah. gods of my childhood, fella. Dale, fella. I want to hear from the podcast bad boy right now. Um, It reminded me, I'm excited for it as I am because I support any cartoon, you know, straight to DVD, whatever it is. Mm, any it re- cartoon. It reminded me a lot of the, um, what was the Batman uh, Gotham Knights or whatever when Batman oh, Begins yeah. came out. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It reminded me of that, and I have, I mean, it was okay, that whole video. Yeah, they did various uh, styles for that, didn't they? Yeah, and uh, that you're right. It what, That art style in year one looks exactly like one of the vignettes from Gotham Knights, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I mean, I have no feelings about it either way. Hmm. Interesting. Mark, uh, oh, you haven't seen it. I'm sorry. I've seen pictures of the art. I know what you're talking about. Well, I'll, the, tell you, I'll tell you what. It's a different story because I was excited about the stills, but once I saw it animated, I was less enthusiastic. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm expecting, and you guys know how much I love Batman. Oh, yeah. I mean, you I plan to him. name my firstborn child Bruce Wayne Farrington. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I feel like I'm going to be let down with this. Only oh because God. year one is a sacred story. Year one is incredible. Year one sets the benchmark for this a lot is, of this stuff. Is, this, this is Watchmen-esque for exactly. Batman. It this really is. No Jonesy exaggeration. Is literally this weeping in the corner. This killing me inside. Oh, my God. He's, <laughs> hear me <laughs> out. Hear me out. He's pinching the bridge of his nose like uh, An adaptation of something like this is going to be so epic that, in my mind, it's just doomed to fail. Only because, how do you stay faithful to it? If you stay faithful to it to a T, it's going to be boring and predictable. What? No. If you swerve some off things, of it, some things wrong. weren't meant to be an animated form. Agreed. Some things Agreed. were meant to be on the page and never to leave the page. So you guys are going to watch it? Oh, of course I'm going to watch. It. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to borrow. No, no, I'm no, no, bu- no. You guys are all opinionated. Yeah, right you know now. what? You might You're well right. Not watch I'm it. not going to buy it, but I'm going to borrow it from you when you don't even see it coming. So I'm going to save myself <laughs> some cash. <laughs> wow. Last, last thing before we get into the comics, I missed uh, a note. That uh, at well done wanted to hit that I had on oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you the know show. the um, the Dark Knight 
series by the David Finch. You know, issue three is finally coming out just about a year later after the series launched. Uh, look out. Mark's doing some ballerina stuff. Um, but that's being rebooted in September already, you know? Why bother? You're going to have three issues out of The Dark Knight. you got a brand new The Dark Knight coming in September. And I'm not sure if anyone else caught it from the solicits. He's getting an art assist in issue number two. Jeez Louise. I heard he's got an, a writer assist, he's, too, with he's Paul got, Levitz. No, I don't know. Or Paul Jenkins. I don't know anything about that, I'll be honest. Um, I don't know who this Paul he's got is kinda, you keep talking about, he's Mark. He's got some kind of protege that I read him talking about, Jay Fabic or whatever his name is. He was supposed to be taking over... A Fabergé? Um, for David Finch in the in the one that's getting rebooted because he couldn't come out on time, so they had an art assist from his like protege. But I guess I'm guessing that just using the same is- issues that were planned and just renumbering them. So one of these is getting you know a, a helping hand. You're right. He's getting the art assist from Jay Fabic and a writing assist with Paul Jenkins. I mean, who didn't see this coming? Honestly, besides David Finch, I just took a weekend trip to Lake Flaccid. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Wow, um, I you know I would have loved for them to just have him do six issues and just release it as some kind of like you know Earth One deal. I don't care what it is, but just don't make me wait thirteen months for three issues. Yeah, don't suffer us. I mean, don't suffer us. Up. Just don't suffer us. Hey, don't suffer us. You know what? I'm, get, I'm getting upset. Just thinking we got to talk about comics. We through the savage. We're beast. we're over right now. We need to get in. Who wants to go first in <laughs> the <laughs> segment where we talk about what we're reading? I'll go. Quick question. Anybody read Fear Itself? Yep. Yeah. Anybody like Fear Itself? I didn't We'll read. get into it. We'll get into it. Oh, my Mark, fault. My let's, fault. Mark, we'll start with you. You can talk about whatever you want, Mark. Flashpoint. You got the ball. Three. Ooh. Ooh. I'm paying right. attention to it only because this is going to kick off the DC remix. Right. I borrowed this from you. Yes, you did. Earlier. Flashpoint number three to everybody who hasn't been reading it. We continue Barry Allen's jaunt through this alternate timeline he is covered head to toe in third degree burns from the last issue where he tried to reignite his powers tremendous by duplicating his accident of getting struck by lightning and chemicals flash pwned in the series or in the issue he gets his powers back slowly spoiler he gets everybody more. hello yeah <laughs> i'm so not excited about it that but, i saw but hang no need on. for a spoiler was it a kind of dumb that the way to bring his powers back was just another lightning bolt. Very. That wasn't the right lightning bolt. Let's go a little to the left. That was silly. It was very yeah. silly. It just it just really Almost negated, out of it it. negated the entire ending to the last issue. Absolutely. I mean, it's more fun watching Barry Allen interact with Thomas Wayne as Batman, but we're at the halfway point of the issue or of the series, and I still don't know that much about it. Mm-hmm. I'm getting bored. How about the goofy smile that he had when he put the costume on? Yeah, you know, I noticed like, that. He's like, I don't know what he's on. The some kind of grin. Some kind of drug. Some kind of uh, speed uh, force drug. Barry is a talented seamstress who's able to sew himself a new costume. That was interesting Look also. Look at split. That was impressive. And the only good tidbit that came out of it was towards the end where Cyborg... Batman and the Flash go find that timeline's version of Superman mm. who is an alien kept in some high-tech Area 51 type deal who hasn't been exposed to the light of sun. That was great. Yeah, that reveal where they they open the door to the uh the spacecraft and you know, I'm expecting, you know, the built like a brick S house Superman maybe like strapped to a table and there's uh there's this big P of a guy 
Yeah, the like watering a, watering a plant and like with a goofy smile on his face, uh-huh. scared like, of his own shadow. And everything. This is this is Superman. Yeah, he's uh, he's like this pencil faced nerd who hasn't seen the sun ever. So he's like you know he looks like a goth kid as Bleeding Cool called him. So he doesn't know what's happening. They they bust him loose. You know, they show him the sun. Guards are coming after him. Too late. To you got to you, you re- read it. You just got to read it. Although I did think it's strange that his powers manifest in like Instantaneously, two minutes of, yeah. of sunlight. My biggest problem with this issue, it's indicative of the whole series. It took me 22 pages to get to something interesting that lasted for two. I'm bored as hell. I want it to be over. And I've still got two more issues left. And I don't talk like that about DC. It's, and your boy. And here's here's the problem that I'm uh, noticing with Flashpoint. And it's uh, maybe has something to do with fear itself as well. Like the style of you're not getting much out of the main event book. It's all about the tie-in books. You know what? I, I listened to another podcast, uh, Comics Cavern, I think. And they talked about how they're very different. How fear itself, it like gives you nuggets but you have to read the other tie-ins to figure out what happens. Like, I'm sure, I don't know who's going to talk about Fear Itself, but the scene with Tony Stark, um, and he, like, starts, you know, he makes the sacrifice to get to Odin, and he starts mm-hmm. drinking, but, like, for them to make a deal, but you have to read Iron Man to find out what happens yeah. a- after that moment. Whereas in, uh, um, what's it called, Flashpoint, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's more self-contained than Fear Itself is. Absolutely. And in fear itself, every two pages, I expect them to end with keep reading Fantastic Four to find out what happens next. Mm-hmm. Just or like a point. little asterisk. Like, exactly. a, you know, find out more in Invincible Iron Man 50X. 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 That's a new initiative. Yeah, but I think, I mean, with Flashpoint, I, I like what they're trying to do with four issues, but they really, I guess, felt like. They couldn't do much for issues, so you have to rely on the tie-ins, and or else you're just not going to be as entertained, like Mark's saying. You know, he had to get through 22 pages of issue three to get to the next thing, and that's but that's kind of like what they're doing. There's, it's a self-contained story, but it's still just not as good. How about the um, uh, actually, Gen Z? What, what, are you, what were you about to say? What? Mm, let's see. Before I sigh, I'll do a mark right there. Uh, before like any other events, it kind of feels like everybody brings whatever they want to the table. And their tie-in book and their main book and then editorial approves it. Flashpoint, for some reason, feels like editorial dictated what they wanted to happen and then gave them, an, like, in another meeting, the issue amount that they wanted. And now it's kind of up to the writers to make that happen. Mm. Does anybody feel like that? Because there's, like, a, like every story I've read, uh, whether it be a tie-in book uh, you know, like uh, Night of Vengeance. Uh, I read the the Aquaman book, uh, the Project Superman book. It feels like every story is big reveal, twenty pages of nothing, big reveal. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've I've never seen that before. And it, so it feels like you know Dan DeDeo sat at the <laughs> sat at the at the count at the Deo DeDeo DeDeo sat at the conference table and dictated. These are the 40 things I want to happen in Flashpoint, and I want to solicit 70 issues. I don't care how you do it, but these are the things I want. Go make it work. Mm. I'd agree with that. But some of the alternate stuff that we're reading, or not the alternate stuff, the side books in Flashpoint are a hell of a lot more interesting than Flashpoint. I get oh, more I agree. substance. I agree. We had that same discussion. Maybe it was... 
two episodes ago yeah. that you know uh, when you're trying to have a great concept but sell x amount of issues you're always gonna the side books are always going to be better than the main story but it just felt that things were just too lopsided in flashpoint i don't know why like i can't put my finger on it but i just come over with that feeling that editorial had a lot more to say this time around than they have in the past Jonesy, what are you reading right now? Write this. Right Invincible now. Issue 80. Mm, beautiful Set book. the stage. You know, uh, Mark Grayson, Invincible, is back. Mm. The Viltrumite War is over. Life's he, back to normal, I guess, right? I mean, he's a, right? his folks are back together. They're happy. They've moved on to live on a coalition planet and start fresh. You know, he he's got a okay relationship with uh, Cecil and the Guardians of the Globe. You know, they've been enemies for about 30 or so issues. You know, he, he's flying around the globe, righting wrongs. He's got a big essie grin on his face. He's happy to be back. Mm. You know, he got over that trouble with Adam Eve and the whole uh, A-word scandal that happened. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I have a few thoughts so, on that. Um, I have a I, few I mean, thoughts. I'll let you send off of that in a second. <laughs> so the, the, and the issue is very not Kirkman. Like it felt like like a just like let's be happy that Invincible is having a good life. Oh, that's issue. A good. That's good. Well, he doesn't write stories like that. No, yeah, he yeah, sets he does. you so, up. Uh, sets you up. He did, and so uh, Dinosaurus, a throwaway villain from about twenty issues ago, was back, and uh, the Dinosaurus thing was uh, after the Invincible War. He thought that Invincible should hands off that there would be a second revolution where mankind would have to come together. To rebuild the planet, but he feels that superheroes stepped in and ruined that moment. So, um, Dinosaurus is adamant about destroying what he feels to be Earth's black spot, you know, where all the worst people are. New Jersey. <laughs> Close. Oh. Okay. Spoiler alert at the end of the book, Dinosaurus levels. Las Vegas. Whoa. Gone. Not, Wiped not off Vegas. the map. Not only that, but it's turned into glass, yeah. right? It just burns it up. There's a lot of sand in Vegas. You got sand. that right? It's crazy. Glass. Crazy. Right? So, uh, Invincible left staring at the vacant plot that was an entire city. Uh, yeah, and that story, uh, very scandalous. Last few issues, Adam Eve was prego. You know, Lego, my prego. Mm-hmm. You know, she put on a few pounds. Um, you know, evidently she had an A. Got rid of the baby. Oh my god! Uh, troubling, very troubling. Real life stuff. Jeez. It took me a minute yeah. to figure out what the A was. Yeah. I'm not gonna. Lie. I don't think I can say that on the air. Nah. Um, but the, my thing is, is that Adam Eve, you know, came back from the dead in the Viltrumite War. You know, she got messed up big time. Most violent book in the world, and I love it. Um, but her powers came back all funky, almost Scarlet Witch esque. Yeah. You know, reality altering mm. powers. Mm-hmm. My theory, and as we know, my theories are literally solid gold. Uh, Wolverine's father in hell, anyone remember that call? Thanks. Total opposite of my theories. Um, I think she, reality effed, uh, created the baby. You know, she didn't get pregnant. Uh, She manifested a baby in herself. Do you think that maybe the um, children of the immortal and replicate are really her transferring those kids to them? Can we get Dave on the wiki on that? If you can add that to the wiki uh, list, please. <laughs> I, that wasn't even an official theory. I said, "Do you think Jonesy will screenshot it on his phone?" Out of your mind. I'm waiting for. Do you think Spider-Man is Mark Grayson's son <laughs> in another universe? Um, great, now. great book, Dale. 
internet celebrity. What do you call a blind dinosaur? <laughs> Nobody. What? What? Nothing. Do you think he's Saurus? It's a little bit of, a little bit for you. <laughs> always, always bring in your A game <laughs> to the show. That's it. Um, I want to talk about a Flashpoint book. Uh, I've been I've been doing my best, and I'm quite proud that I've been avoiding Flashpoint like the plague. Mm-hmm. But uh, this Flashpoint Batman. Night of Vengeance, number two. Got so Ooh, much yeah. buzz on the internet that I, I had to check it out for myself. Even the Raza oh, man. on the he Twitter. Sp- he spoke up about it. and He, did sp- yeah, he doesn't like, speak up a lot. He works a lot. It's like know? waking a sleeping tiger. He can't come to cons. He's working. Yeah, he's busy. He spends most of his time posting inappropriate uh, content can on we, his can Tumblr. We, can we get sidetracked a little bit? <laughs> sorry, I, I sorry. read my No, I'm actually agreeing with you. Yeah, we love I him follow for that, the too. Raza on the Tumblr. You know, I I try to view the Tumblr at work if possible. You know, every you know, I I load it up on the browser. Sure. You know, scrolling down, Raza's got a post. Naked woman. Yeah. Every time. Every, every damn time. time. So now I follow really? most of the people really? he reblogs. But mm-hmm. absolutely. Batman Night of Vengeance. Uh, insane. Same insane. team that we're going to talk about in our book club. Um, insane mostly because I was, I mean, I was flabbergasted, and and I shouldn't even care because this is another world. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Thomas Wayne, the Batman in this world. Right. He is working with uh, Jim Gordon. Jim, uh, they call him. Jim, yeah. Jim G. And uh, they're trying to. Track down the Joker. Right. Right? They got a lead on it, Oracle. Oracle, uh, Selena Kyle. She looked pretty drugged out in a few scenes. She, I didn't get that. I think she, like, it's to the point where she can't even move her head. She's that Jesus. How did she get any work done? Agreed. (laughs) She's got one of those blow straw thingies. She's got one of those monkeys, like, in Monkey Shines. I can um, hear people unsubscribing. I can hear emails yes. coming in no, no, for no. now, right now. <laughs> I was being serious. I was being serious. I, you know, I, mean, I can't remember in the issue now, but I don't know how she got anything done. She looked really like she was literally just snorting LSD for months. <laughs> but I think she was some sort of genius oh, because Jesus. as her and Jim were talking, he goes, how the hell talk- are you going to connect the dots on this? And she takes some obscure thing that she's, he says and traces it back to the lead that leads to them finding the Joker. Hmm. Bottom line is, they find this Joker character right. with two kids in this abandoned house. Did you guys read this? I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't even talk about it like Spoilers. I'm so... You know, Slim, you yeah. and I are fathers. Yeah, you, we, we are. are. We are. We're fathers. You, a lot of people may know that. Uh, these poor kids, I mean, Joker's crazy in this, all right? It's very troublingly violent and dark. Yes. And uh, so, does Joker do the one thing to the one... Kid first, uh, before, before no, Jim that, G that comes boy. in. Yeah, yeah. So Jim G bursts through the door and sees a Joker esque figure standing over a little boy, two guns pointed down at him. The Joker, his ha- the hair is like over the Joker's face, so you can't really see it's the Joker. Jim blasts a hole in the chest of the Joker, thinking he got him. Yeah, got the Joker. Little girl falls out of this tr- Joker purple trench coat with like sticks for arms with guns. Yeah. Oh my god, it was brutal! It's tough. It was awful. And then, and even I think the really thing that really caught me was his reaction. I can't remember his exact phrasings, but he's like, "Oh no, don't be or please be alive." I, I yeah, mean, yeah. Like, he, oh, I, Jim like, Gordon. Oh man. Oh. 
because those words were just like he knew what he did and oh man it was it was crazy and even worse than that uh you know the joker is revealed yep martha wayne whoa brilliant brilliant twist. absolutely brilliant slashes jim g's throat and uh you know batman gets there in the nick of time to see to save nobody yeah, <laughs> yeah well yeah it wasn't revealed until batman is like i, I can't or i hope you didn't do it again da, da, da. martha <laughs> what have you done oh, <laughs> yeah. oh god what a what a book huh i was crazy i'm sweating even more than i already was before yeah, you're just losing it talking about it pick it was up, a crazy book pick it up everybody pick it up it's a three-issue mini. Um, obviously, way more entertaining than Flashpoint proper. So, read it. Captain America. The? The Captain America? Which one? Mark Wade and Ron Garney. Nice. Going through my back issues. Classic. We're out of time. we got to speed it up. Uh, you know, this is the hero's return after the Heroes Reborn, you know, reboot yeah. line-wide yeah. for those characters. Uh, the heroes have returned. Captain America's missing. You know, I was a big Captain America fan back in the day with Ron Garney. I'm going to go on a limb right now. Favorite Captain America artist, Ron Garney. Well, he's putting it, it out there right now. Left hands up like he's praising. I'll co-sign on that. Thank you. I'll co-sign. Um, a co-signer here. You know, remember the great covers he used to do? with? Uh, he's like doing the Superman pose, and he's got the, the Captain America symbol underneath. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Good. He's now my favorite. He's now my favorite. Um, Loved it. That's so, what I'd say. so this uh, this is you know the oversized issue. I brought up the floppies. You know, I, I went through the archives in the office and the heat. You know, the hundred hundred humidity in the office. You know, the pages are just melting away. My God. Um, great book. You know, he he comes back to the universe in Japan. You know, the westernization of Japan. Um, and they're the it's it's pretty apt because they have a Captain America movie that's being released at that time, so he's like a celebrity. Everyone sees him. They don't think he's really Captain America because he's been missing. So he's trying to like get help, and no one's like, "Oh yeah, Captain America, nice uniform." Uh-huh. So Lady Deathstrike is in it. Uh, she's leading this terrorist cell against you know the the westernized Japan. There's awesome, awesome Mark Wade internal monologue for Captain America for what he's going through and seeing Japan. Uh, it's seemingly for the first time, but he's really just looking back on the history of Japan as he remembered it and how it's changed and how it, how it's lost its allure and beauty. Wow. Oh, just great stuff. Wow. Great stuff. Mark Wade. Was this part of the um, 4th of July comicsology sale? or No, no, this, the, no I'm like literally floppies. I was in these. This oh. just made me go through them. Yeah, I just um, I just remember they put a bunch of Captain America on sale for Fourth of July. I don't think which was awesome. You would think the that they would want to do the Wade run. You know, they, they keep selling that Brubaker run. Oh but, yeah, the Brubaker runs. Uh, right. You know, it's you know the Brubaker runs okay, but I don't. I'm, yeah, that whole run is very dark. You know, style. The Wade run was critically acclaimed. In fact, back when he was doing the series before it got canceled and relaunched with Heroes Return, that yeah, got a lot he, of praise. He, yeah, oh, absolutely. That ended. You know, and then the Lee Field run happened, and then they rebooted it with. Uh-huh. And you know, do you remember Sentinel of Liberty? That yeah. that series oh, yeah. was that Wade and Garney also. I know it was Garney. I know it was. I don't think it was Wade. I'm trying to, I can't. It didn't last. I, I don't remember. think it only lasts like twelve issues. Captain America had a second series. Um, Actually, no, you're right. It was Wade. Okay, I, now I can't remember the time frame. It, uh, I'm gonna. Was that the Al Tariq? 
struggle? That no, that was the, that was the Marvel Knights version. Oh, you're right, you're right. Uh, also, probably one of my favorite runs of a yeah, character ever. That was great. Uh, John with John Ray Niebuhr, Niebuyer, and Cassidy. Are those, got me, got oh, me back Cassidy. into comics in the 2001. That's why I loved it so much. Um, For those who don't know, that's right after 9/11. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel chose not to use Al Qaeda. But they had Cap going after a similar group called Al Tariq. Now that I think about it, that was really amazing. Like, not, you know, amazing, but timing because 9 11 happened while I was in college in 2001. 99. Sentinel of Liberty. Okay. Who was the writer? Does it say it on the cover? Mm, Keep talking. Yeah. The 2001 9 11 happened. I remember I was in my dorm and. It got me back into reading comics because I bought that Captain America run, and that was directly involved in 9-11. I wonder what month that came out in 2011. Mark Wade Might have been. Actually, no. at that point, it was probably it was 2002. It was 2002. like January or February 2002. Yeah, it must have been. Wow. They really but pushed that through. I actually, it was you who got me back in the comics in 02 because you and I were having a casual discussion about uh, as we, as we Captain do. America. Mm-hmm. And you said it, you know, uh, you were like, Marvel is being so bold right now. They're they're not, you know, shying away from it. They're telling the stories. What would our heroes do if, you know, nine eleven happened? Uh, yeah, and, and, the, and I I ran I ran to the comic book store and I got right. that Captain America run. And J- JMS that. was doing the Spider Man one, the black cover, which was, was really well written. There was some silly stuff in there, like. Doctor Doom crying. Doctor Doom crying, and the, I'm not sure if anyone reads Let's Be Friends again. Uh, it's like a comic book uh, three panel strip no uh, they really oh yeah 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 they yeah. really made fun of that one recently yeah. very well but we got we gotta keep it going sorry lightning round yeah. new and improved mark it was mark wade ron carney sentinel wow living. now I, now i'm curious at the time frame of heroes are born or heroes return i wonder what year that was you know in, in, in conjunction with sentinel of liberty so find don't out get upset people love when we nerd out <laughs> exactly some um, of our best feedback is when we nerd about that letter last episode mark uh Two sentences. 97. Wow, okay. Here's your turn. Two sentences. Your other book, Lighting Around, go. Like you, I went old school. Mm-hmm. 95, Spider-Man and Batman. Wow. Written by J.M. DeMatteis and Mark Bagley. Uh, two sentences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was entertaining and exciting, and it was nostalgic and action-packed cover to cover. Highly recommend it. Missed wow. the days, DC uh, and Marvel. Well, all right, that's it. Done. Jesus. Done. Slim. <laughs> Peter David, writer on Here's Here's Return. Here's Reborn. That's inaccurate. Peter David, Captain America? No, Peter David did the Heroes Return miniseries. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about Captain America with a banner, Heroes Return. We'll come back to Lightning you. Lightning Jonesy, Ultimate X, number five. That's a oft-delayed series. Was a mediocre issue trying to make me love the new son of Wolverine slash of the Hudsons from Alpha Flight. Mm -hmm. But, but, makes makes me excited for an ultimate universe that as before, anything could happen. Some fragmenting in that sentence. I like to make it longer. Good two sentences. (laughs) Uh, Podcast. Bad boy, that's me. That's you, Animal Man. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> red line. <laughs> red line is back, ladies and gentlemen. Did you, Did you have the mic in your mouth entirely for that? 
This is the Morrison. Uh, this isn't part of my sentence. This is the Morrison run vertigo line. This isn't part of my it's, sentence. Uh, See what you do to your people. It's dated. I couldn't get interested. I can't wait for Jeff Lemire's run on Animal Man. Wow. You know, I was looking for the issue where Ray Morrison appears, and is that not in the collection digitally? I don't know. I didn't get. I didn't see I, it. I, I, I didn't want to think it. it is because I'd love to see it. But anyway, you said it felt dated. Really? X Men fourteen yeah. retelling, uh, nearly finishing the evolutionary story. Mm-hmm. Tell us. Is this the true prelude to schism? Find out. Oh my god! Next month. I want to play the book club Sander. I don't know. Have we ever yeah. played it? It's awful. Don't play yeah. it. Do play we, it. No, play it. Do we want to play it? Right, here it's we, terrible. Here we go. I'm awesome. warning you. It's oh. awesome. Are you in a book club? We are. Want to read along with us? That is epically poor. I was going for Zalman King's Red Shoe Diaries <laughs> when wow. I was doing that Sounder. Uh, Some teenage The book uh, of the show. Wank material there. You know <laughs> <laughs> oh, edit. I mean, hundred hundred bullets, Brian Azzarello, uh, and Mr. Rizzo. One of my all-time favorite artists, I think. I'm gonna throw it out there. There you go. All-time, maybe top twenty. Oh, all-time, that's easy. all-time. T- I mean, <laughs> top twenty. Top twenty. Who wants to give a little little shortened bio of this book? Jonesy looks I'll like he is cocked I'm, I'm and ready to chomping blow. at the bit. Get on in there. One hundred bullets describes uh, the. The Adventures of Agent Graves, who is not really prominent, but a definite major character in the series. Agent Graves makes it his job to find someone who has been truly long uh, wronged in their life and offer them the chance for a free vengeance in the form of 100 untraceable bullets in order to complete this task, a permit to carry a special gun and promises that no one will interfere and there will be no consequences to exacting this revenge. And we follow the first five issues, so we're not sure what the end game of Agent Graves is, but we get a snapshot of two victims who are offered this amazing and controversial gift. Mm-hmm. Very good, Jonesy. Yes. Um, that was great. Great idea. Great premise for a book. Uh, the first trade is two stories, three issue, and then a two issue sh- uh, short one, which furthers the 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 bigger picture. Um, the first three issue story very difficult to get through. Seconded, Agreed. seconded. I think I think we're all on the same page. Third, thirded, fourth, fourth, fourthed. Um, this tells the story of Dizzy. You know, uh, she's she's a former gang banger. You know, she's got that family blood. You know, they all do it, you know. Noted. She was in prison uh, for being in the wrong place at the wrong time, quote. Uh, and her husband and, and son were gunned down in a drive-by. <sighs> she's out to enact revenge after Agent Graves tells her the truth behind the real killers. And, uh, you know, the seedy underbelly of her family is unraveled. Before uh, her. Before her. Teardrop tattooed eye. Yeah. Um... And I thought about a lot when I read this uh, of Scalped because of the really cultural 
uh, depth because this is deep in a culture that you know I'm not familiar with. Um, I thought about Rosie Perez a lot when I was reading it. <laughs> wow, uh, she's wow. just the one that she came to mind when I was reading it. You know what? Wow. That he, terrible that he said it, but I agree one hundred percent. It's just you know, the, uh, uh, just think of Rosie Perez. You know, after having about thirty-five hour energy drinks, you know, shut it down. And, and how would she sound? And that's like every page. It's one hundred and fifty hours energy, right there. She'd sound like a chimp monk. She already has a high pitch voice. Um, it, it's really, Columbia. really deep in the culture. You know, the slang is just in your face. It's hard to read as a as 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 a white man in from Hatboro. You know, <laughs> it's just Hatboro. I'm not alone on that, though, right? Mark, Mark, what did you think of the book? As a black man from Sacramento, California, <laughs> slang didn't pull me out. What? Um, You're from Cali? Yeah. I don't oh. even know you, man. Secrets, you know, keeping oh, secrets. Throwing signs. Um, well, I got to agree with your criticism. It was hard to get through. And by the time I found myself interested in the character's story and the history of what was going on, the story was over for that character. They resolved the person got their revenge and they moved on to the next story. But it was just a bit challenging to really get into everybody. I'm f- I'm finding it more and more of multi-issue stories that the first issue is always the worst and it's hard to to get through and it's like setting up yeah. things but it's like if I don't get through that first issue, like I could get through it and it gets better. And it did get better in this first story, but god, why is it so hard so hard to do a first issue of a multi-part story? You got to introduce everything, I guess. You got to start from the ground like nobody's ever read it before. Yeah. Especially as a reader, um, if I just picked up the first 100 bullets trade, I would be totally, I don't know if I'd be able to take the chance on the other I was trades. worried that she was the main character for the entire series, I'll be honest with you right now. Yeah. Uh, I agree. That, uh, I think I knew enough that I wasn't worried about that, but for me, reading, like, you're talking about that Rosie Perez on energy drinks, but for a reader, you have you have to read what Rosie Perez says in the accent. It's written in the accent that she like. So it's not just listening to Rosie Perez. It's trying to read how she would sound phonetically on the page, and that's like that was every bit of dialogue. It was like it was me. I'm gonna be honest. It was me on a role playing server in Warcraft. <laughs> you trying to read dwarven RP? Wow! Come on, we had I a new, get a headache. We, we had a new level. What is happening right it's now? Just think QR codes, Jonesy. I got it. I'm out. It's tough. The second story in the trade was a lot better. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, it was. I, I really enjoyed that one uh, up As, until up until the ending. It, yeah, well, I, yeah. I, but I enjoyed it for that too because it's cool that not every story is going to end happily. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a uh, it could go either way for any of these stories. I'm curious to see how many. Because there was 100 issues of 100 bullets, so I thought each issue was self-contained, but that's not the case. So I'd be curious as to how many scenarios Agent Graves yeah, and it's, goes it's, through. It's cool that um, I can't think of any other uh, title that told a bigger picture story, but with different char- different main characters every three or two issues. I feel like if we were to read the whole series in its entirety, this would be a lot better. Because I'm interested in how they link it all together through Agent right. Graves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because but, you you know eventually the story is going to come back to Agent Graves, and uh, there's going to be have to be some issues spent on him and his world. You know, 
So, uh, but it's it's very cool how they did the um, the different stories that really don't mean anything in the long run, other than the fact that Agent Graves has uh, helped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this, Jones, um, you've been real quiet on this one. Yeah, I, did I you, actually. Did you finish it? I only, yeah, I did. I did. I, I'm no Farrington, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I only have two major thoughts about this book, and you know, I think a, about a lot of comics as since I write, I think about mechanically how did this writer go about writing or putting it together, and I actually I usually think about that first when I read a, something for the show. Uh, it I get the major feeling that Azarello wrote the revenge scene first then worked his way backwards what gave you that impression i'm just curious when you read issue one two and three issue three is incredibly crisp hits all the points it's almost like a an action movie where it's smash cut smash cut smash cut reveal it's very well paced and well balanced Issue three, I thought, could have been a self-contained issue. Um, no, that makes sense. You know, issue two, kind of faster paced, kind of was hurrying us somewhere. You know, it kind of felt like, um, you know, issue two was running downhill. He had to get to a point to launch us in issue three. So he was starting at where he left off in one and was racing to get us to issue three. And issue one felt lackadaisical mm-hmm. so like i said it, it felt like the whole one two issues one two and three felt like he was he was brainstorming came up with a great you know no one is really doing you know uh, the latino thing i could do a good revenge story that's that's kind of like a government thing it could really pop it could really be this good revenge story he wrote it and then was like oh crap how do i get to here and then he spent two issues getting there when I think he could have done it in one. But at that point, he probably already pitched the book and had an issue number in mind. So I always think about mechanically yeah. when I when I read a book. And you could tell how much better he got at his own premise by issues four and five. Mm. Because it was streamlined. He, he hit all the points. It was two issues. And it was self-contained enough that you were like you could blow through four and five yeah. and really like where the story was going. That's how I felt. I really like how Azarello, he's obviously going to visit different people's lives, different cultures. I mean, the the first two stories alone are so different from one another that they're they're only linked by just somebody being wronged. And I think the uh the what did it for me was the hook short story at the end of the trade which is uh you know an older an old lady comes into the police station wanting to confess to a murder. That happened a couple years ago, and it turns out to be a slumlord's uh, a slumlord's death that was in the books as a heart attack. And it, as it turns out, as the old lady says, this Agent Graves visited me because this slumlord knew about lead paint in the apartment that my son ate when he was a kid. So now I've been taking care of him for 32 years. Um, she confesses to the murder of uh, the slumlord. And uh, you know they basically just walk her out because there's no recollection of it in the in the record books. It's it, it, on the computer. It says he had a heart attack. And as the uh, it's it's cool because as the police officer escorts her out and goes into the back office, Agent Graves is sitting there with uh you know with with the officer, and 
the officer was obviously wronged, as it turns out, by somebody that's been sitting in the waiting room, a gangster of some kind, that maybe possibly killed his wife or his daughter. I can't remember what it was, but mm-hmm. but that was good enough. I think if they didn't put that into the first trade, uh, that could have lost a lot of uh, readers who bought strictly the trades. Right. It was so, great, though. Did you guys find, or was it just me that thought that the backstory on the characters who were wronged was more interesting than the will they get revenge or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, I found the whole gang in wrongful uh, criminal charges on Dizzy in the first story interesting. But the second story, involving a guy who's down on his luck, and we learned through Agent Graves that he was apparently successful and maybe fairly well-to-do, he was found out with having child pornography on his computer that he didn't put there. And you learned throughout the series that, or throughout those two issues, that it was just a random occurrence and he was just a random victim of this. I don't want to yeah. call it prank, but yeah. it was a prank by some well, she person. She refers to it as prank. I mean, yeah. the villain. Yeah, who doesn't even know him. Right. Very, and very that sad. was a lot more interesting to me than, mm-hmm. is he going to kill her or not? Yeah, it's true. God, what a dope he was at the end of that book, too. Yeah, yeah. God, what an totally. idiot. God, yeah. it got pissed me off. Thank you, what is P? Ah. Happens to the You're best right, of us. though. That, I mean, that's but that was the power of that's the power of that story. One, one more note before we get in the letters there, Slim. I see him going for it. As uh, just my thoughts on uh, as a as a as a as a whole in the industry. Uh, I've read a bunch of his work at this point. I think he would make an excellent showrunner on like a TV show mm-hmm. or excellent excellent editorial. It just, I feel like he has like a million great ideas, but only really gets to well execute one or two of them. Mm-hmm. And I could definitely oh, see him as the guy behind the desk saying, a story. You get 100 bullets, you get revenge, you know, Jason Aaron, write it. It's like, it's, I think it's a he could be a zone. general. Yeah, it's like a Twilight Zone esque idea, I thought. Yeah, yeah. In some yeah. of the scenes specifically. That's perfect. It's yeah. a perfect. Uh, That's 100 bullets, you yeah? know? Jonesy wants him to be a showrunner. We'll find out next week. Just opted optioned for uh, Showtime. They're going to make a show around it. Yeah. Um, The only problem, it may not be a problem, but it's going to be loosely based on the comic. So who (laughs) knows what they mean? Not at all. Yeah. Hit it. We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them. Red I just don't understand how the mic gets that close to your mouth at any point. It troubles me. Oh, look at that. It just goes right into it. I didn't even do it. This happened. So perfect. Uh, this is the segment. You write into the show, letters at paperkeg.com. Check it out. Uh, if you want to complain. Uh, people used to complain a lot about how Mark was wrong. Uh, from what I'm gathering, from what Mark is telling me now, it's... Never seen those letters, by the way. It's gotten ugly, possibly, about Dale. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't it's know my if we, turn. I don't know Ooh. if they're in this segment or we're going to save them for next week. We'll see. Email the show, letters com. First one up is coming from Zero Neus on the Twitter, who is talking about the Watchmen series, saying that it was probably the first time anyone heard of a Tijuana Bible. A.K.A. a cheaply produced black market comic from way back 
and it's a long one, so forgive me if I'm jotting through it. Right. Anyway, these sure days, the spirit of that has evolved and found a place in adult movies, burgeoning triple X parody subgenre. We're seeing a lot of those comic book triple X parody movies. So the question is, do you guys feel like this in any way hurts or helps those very recognizable brands? Mm. Do pornos help question. or hurt comic books? The superhero, yeah. point, you know, the triple yeah. X Superman. We've all seen it. Batman, the Batman X. one. Oh, the Batman one. You know, it got weird in the Batman one. I'll be honest. You know, okay. I perused it huh. for scientific purposes. <laughs> um, they really hit the theme, though, of the old 60s show. You know, not that I was really taking notes. Remind me to get that from you later. Um, you know, I, I, I live uh, by the all press is good press. Right. I go the other way. Help or hurt? You're fired. It hurts. It's not the target audience. It hurts. Yeah, but I mean, come on. It's porno's been around for decades. You know, in the in the the way it is now, and uh, they parody everything. So it's. I don't think. I honestly don't think it has any effect at all. If anything, it helps because the the people who you know have to take the bus to comic cons, you know, they're. uh, they're watching this stuff. They're buying it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the people we saw at Comic-Con probably exactly. have, you know, nine VHSs of the Batman Triple X movie. And uh, I don't think it's, I mean, maybe with the internet nowadays, it's more prevalent for uh, an underage kid to uh, be see it, uh, to see that it's out there. But no, I don't think it, I don't think it hurts it. I don't think it helps it, you know, like boost sales or anything like that. But I don't think it hurts it. Jonesy, your thoughts? I, I worship uh, at the church of... You know, if you're really, really upset about something, chances are you don't have enough on your plate. I mean, you know what? People are going to make dirty movies if they want to make them about Superman. You know, I'm not going to be thinking about porno every time I read Superman. <laughs> let me let me clarify. If there was some porno on the pages of Superman, I might pick up the title every month. I just, uh, I don't think, I think people just uh, blow things up in their minds and want to be mad about something. So they pick on something like this. Yeah. You know, it doesn't hurt anybody. You know, there's just because there's a Superman porno doesn't mean a six-year-old is going to be able to watch it. I mean, just, you know, they talk about declining morals in America. This just isn't one of those cases, I don't think. Uh, Zeronius, uh, who wrote in, he does a podcast called InstaFlicka, where they go through the Netflix queue of movies. Yep. Yeah, I really like InstaFlicka. Good guys. Check That's out. one of my listens. Check them out. I'm going to change my answer to Dale's answer for the record. I completely agree with what Dale said. So, Thanks, buddy. next letter, it's coming, actually it's a twofer. One from a Jenny and one from a Sue. Jenny writes, Guys, has Dale apologized yet for his insulting comments last week? I love the show, but think he should be kicked off of it. Oh my, Sue, Sue, in that same vein, is saying, I enjoy the show, but think Dale should donate to charity for his hateful comments. Oh my wow. god! What did you say? What, what did they did they reference anything? That's the in letters. That's both of them. Can That's we it. can we think back to see what Look, Dale? We could all know have what it was. Said. It what was set of one of several things. I'm sure. <laughs> I said little people are garbage. <laughs> I certainly did not mean it, and I took it back later in the show. But you didn't say so. female little people are garbage. Yeah, oh, that's true. You weren't anti woman. Our At female all. listeners are very emotionally attached to the show, you know, 
They love the show. They want the best for us. They want to marry now, us. Our you super g- fan is a female. Mm-hmm. You guys, yeah, that's Superman true. Beth Corto, she would stick up for me. Probably. She's, a, she's the show Superman. She's like Colombian super. or something. I don't know what she is. Colombian. Isn't she? <laughs> she's Colombian. <laughs> Um, yeah, so is that your apology? Did uh, you apologize? I, Jenny I and Sue, I do apologize. I I do all this. Uh, it's not scripted. I do all this crap from from you know the tip of my tongue, and it's mostly for for yeah. humor. Uh, so if I fence. ever offend anybody ever, it's I it's it all in jest, mm. and it gets good laughs for I don't know ninety nine percent of the yeah, people, and that's what we're going for. Of the people. They, you know, we're all jokers. You know, we're just trying to get a laugh, and you know, we're not always. We're human beings. I personally, Jenny and Sue. I personally take Jenny and Sue's out. I was, I was offended by it. Well, the only a hole on the show is our producer. Other than that, the three of us are nice guys. <laughs> Slim, maybe you and Jenny come come see me at the Chuckle maybe Hut we'll next hang weekend. Out. Yeah, uh, we'll see you. Get us some free ticks. We'll be at the, the open mic. Do we have another one uh, before we wrap up? Mark? Yeah, we got one more. He's Mike Graham works in a two for saying. I like that guy. He's got an interesting first one. He's asking, would it be fair to call you folks hypocrites for running a website called All Caps Paper Keg when all you do is talk about digital comics? Yeah, that'd be fair. That's the sweet <laughs> irony of it. That's fair. Yeah, I'm a hypocrite. It's a sweet, Jonesy, sweet irony. I will agree with Jonesy. Jonesy is a hypocrite. Uh, I will uh, back him up on that. You know, we just love digital comics. Yeah? Wave love of the future. Death. Love we- it to death. And we can't. We couldn't get the URL, paper and digital keg. So <laughs> digital keg, I think may be open. Maybe we want to snap that up. You better snap yeah, it up I, now. You know, I still buy print comics. Absolutely. I just, uh, what happens I'm if your What happens if your books are available digitally? I buy them. Over print. Yeah. You're ready to say goodbye to the print world. I am. I. I you know what? Uh, here's what it is, Mike Graham. Um, uh, we still love comics. We still have. I still have bagged and bordered issues. We have, the paper is still prevalent in our lives. Mm-hmm. I just think uh, you know we're excited about digital. You know, as, as true fans of comics, we want to see it continue to the next generation, and digital is where that's happening. So I don't think any four of us are, are mad or be like, oh, you know, print or nothing. I'm getting off the comic books train because of this. I think uh, we're we're excited about the future and. Uh, so we like digital, and we, we don't forget our print roots. Let me where, put, where that paper comes from. Let me put a scenario in front of you right now. Do it. In a market. I'm not saying that I want this to happen. Do it. I do. Uh, let's say I got, I know I got is, like I 13 long boxes in my house. House burns down. Oh, my God. Don't say it. You know? Comic collection, gone. Oh. Uh, but at the same time, I've been, buy- just, I've been buying I've been buying books and you know digital apps, comicsology, graphically in the lake, Dark Horse, iPad gets burned up. You know, insurance covers the cost of the iPad. Get another iPad. Books are on there again. La di da. But let's story. be real. End no one ha- no one reads Dark Horse, so it'll be. Right. Oh my god. Good <laughs> heavens. <laughs> next, only they made ne- it on comicsology. Next week, uh, the goon. What's the book called? Nothing. Uh, Nothing Mike Graham has a second part of that letter, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, Mike Graham. Good eyes, Dale. Look at this, look at Good eyes, Jones. Good eyes. All us fat guys look alike to you, man. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Second part of Mike's question. Do you think we'll see Marvel following DC's example with their digital approach anytime soon, or will they keep delaying it to avoid giving off the impression they're copying DC? I, yes. Um, I would love for Marvel to follow suit and put their books digitally, but... Their previous history of business decisions in the digital space uh, makes them look like dopes. So I'm, I don't know what they're doing. You know, who knows? 
I say by quarter one next year. I uh I think Marvel's only going to jump on the digital bandwagon all after it's a proven business model. You know what? I think Marvel will jump on eventually, but DC's got the lead in the forefront. And when you're following somebody, the view never changes. They don't like following DC in anything. I'll say that much. Man. Yeah, Mark, but Mark is so eloquent. Here's the thing. I mean, Mar- I don't know what uh, percentage wise Marvel and DC, but I mean Marvel. Marvel can just sit back for a few months at least and watch DC flounder or, or, or succeed. So Absolutely. I don't, and I think they're so big that they're not going to suffer from not jumping on it at the same time as DC. They probably really want them they to. They should fail. just all follow Image Digital Trades and Date mm-hmm. Release. Mm-hmm. Dark Horse does uh, that too. What horse? Dark oh, Horse Comics. They got their own app. I'm not gonna lie to you right now. It's the one that looks like a chess piece. Oh, oh my god! Great show. It was good snappy. Show. I don't throw that word around often. I think this was a good one. Thanks. I'm going to put it in the wind column. Thanks, Slim. Check it. Um, you know, we're all getting super busy now. You know, Mark is now, uh, he's the big time. If, we, if you want to check out Mark acting his little butt off, yes, hello, Google him right now. Thank you. Thank you. They, they might be big time stars. You know, you watch the Tosh Point out, check them out sometime. Spoiler. Never forget. You know? Never forget us, Mark. Yeah. Yes, hello. Favorite one, web designer. Check it out. Uh, thanks for listening. Show sponsor? Comic Book Shop, Wilmington, Delaware. Check them out. Titus is. We'll see everyone next week. Thank you and good night. Cologne.